Welcome to the Field Goals Podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz. We got some big news as Josh Gordon reinstated into the NFL. He's going to be back with the Seahawks for the final two weeks of the season. And of course, we got to get into our week 13 picks. And joining me to do it is Anthony Knockreiner of the Knock On Sports. And normally I'm going on his show as we recap the Seahawks game. Looking forward to the upcoming game. But Anthony's on the road. He's on vacation and he's joining me for picks. Anthony, appreciate you coming back. Brandon, I always appreciate you when you have me on. As I said, it's always a ton of fun. I think this is the third or fourth year in a row we've done picks together. So, uh, you know, hey, what doesn't matter which one of us is on vacation. We find a way to get it done that we get our picks in. We find a way to get it done. And the big news, Anthony, I, I'm excited about this. I'm, I'm curious about your thoughts. Josh Gordon reinstated. I, I thought it might happen a little bit sooner, but here it is. It's going to happen just in time for the Rams and the 49ers to close out the season for the Seahawks. I, I, just, I have to think you have some thoughts on this. Well, getting Josh Gordon back is fantastic. I mean, we've already seen what he was able to do last year uh, when he was playing for the Seahawks. He had just another element, another weapon. Uh, makes it even tougher now for defenses because, uh, again, you had some solid options with more obviously, is that third wideout. But now having a guy like Josh Gordon, in a way, kind of another DK Metcalf, a big body, great speed. I know he's getting up there in age as well, but um, I mean, just having having him back is going to help this offense. But at the same time, I would also say this, Brandon, what are you more excited about? The fact that the Rams and the Cardinals lost or getting Josh Gordon back, which was more exciting for you when you found out? Oh, well, it's way more exciting just with the Seahawks being at the top of the NFC West. I mean, you want the team to win the division. And having losses like that just makes it you know, that much more likely going down the stretch now that maybe they can even lock up the division before they have to play the Rams or 49ers at the end of the season, you know, just depending on how things work out. And they have the favorable schedule with the Giants coming up this weekend, the Jets coming up the weekend after and then going on the road to play the Washington football team. So, you know, three teams with losing records coming up and and then you get. Josh Gordon for the difficult teams. And I know what you're saying. It's it's weird. Thinking back to last year, the fact that he came up with enough significant catches among, I think it was only like seven catches that he had last year, Anthony, but you remember those catches being impactful. And so the fact that Greg Olson has gone down and kind of took away one of those nice third down options for Russell Wilson that I, I think Gordon can come in and, and be that type of player, have have an impact on third downs in particular. Yeah, I mean, I just, yeah, even with the limited catches, but at the same time, too, even when he's not getting the football, defenses yeah. have to respect him. Right. So that's just another added element. But I will say, as a Bucks fan, you know, Antonio Brown was supposed to do something similar. Hasn't done that yet, but at the same time, it's not like you also have two phenomenal tight ends that you can still throw to along with three receivers and now adding another guy. Uh, to the mix as well. So I'm very curious, though, because like I said, that is an added element to this because you are going to get him back late. How much can you incorporate him? Is he simply a guy that maybe you disguise or use as a decoy to go deep down the field? And if he's open, then throw the football to him. It's just how much is he going to be able to contribute within the final two weeks? And then, you know, obviously you guys are still battling for the number one seed overall uh, for the NFC playoffs. Uh, You're going to need some help from somebody to take down New Orleans at the same time. Uh, but how does how does Josh Gordon really impact the playoffs uh, for the Seahawks? Can he make an impact? Yeah, and I think that's probably where the most likely impact is because, you know, is he even going to be ready in time for that Rams game as far as, you know, going through the protocols of getting in the building and then getting 
up to speed with the offense because essentially he has been under suspension this whole time. So it's not like he's been able to to work out with the team this entire time. So I am kind of leaning toward that idea that initially it's really not going to be that much of an impact. And the way the Seahawks offense has been kind of clicking without him. The good thing is it felt like with Tom Brady and Antonio Brown, like they needed to feed him the ball right away. And I don't think that'll be the case with Josh Gordon. No, you're probably right. Because it'll be it'll just be interesting because, like you said, I mean, obviously we've seen Russell Wilson do with the receivers he has. Obviously the great Tyler Lockett, great DK Metcalf, who's only getting better and showing how much of a number one wide receiver he's going to be for the future of the Seahawks franchise. But should be really exciting. Again, that offense just gets even more exciting now. Um, here's the real question, though, Brandon. Can he play a little defense, too? <laughs> The defense is looking up, Anthony. What are you talking about? We, you know, three straight games where they've, I think, hit their season low in terms of yards allowed and, you know, and points allowed too. in this last game. It looked like they were going to be able to keep the Eagles under 10 points, which, you know, felt about right for what we've seen from this Eagles team. And, you know, now going up against Colt McCoy and I know we'll we'll get into our pick for this game, but it, it feels like they should be able to do something similar with a guy like Colt McCoy quarterbacking the Giants offense. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, the defense is playing better, true. But at the same time, you can never have enough corners. And a guy with his speed, his physicality, I mean, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I know Pete Carroll likes to, you know, make changes uh, on the, you know, we had a guy who was a tight end to start the season and shifted over to defensive line and he ended up going to IR. So uh, we have tried that conversion once already from offense to defense. I just don't see Pete Carroll doing it, though, Anthony. Yeah, no, probably not this late in the season, obviously. <laughs> um, and like I said, Josh Gordon's still great as a, oh, as yeah. a decoy. But yeah, yeah, like I said, you just you, you really don't you never can have enough corners in this league, and especially when you look at the NFC playoffs in general. You know, you're going to need about every available corner that you can possibly put out there because between the Packers, between the Saints, uh, and, and I'll include Tampa Bay in that, between the Rams and and their stud wide receivers. Uh, you look at, you know, the same thing with the Cardinals as well. I mean, when you look at these NFC playoffs, we're going to be seeing a lot of throwing of the football. You got to need some corners. Yeah, that has been an area where the Seahawks have struggled. They did get Shaquille Griffin back this last week for the Eagles game. But now it looks like Trey Flowers may not be able to go for this weekend. His game status is doubtful for this game coming up against the Giants, uh, along with Brandon Schell, the right tackle. So. Yeah, they they may have yet another cornerback playing opposite of now that Shaquille Griffin's back. So at least hopefully I, they have one healthy corner. Maybe we see D, DJ Reed over there and uh, who was filling in for Griffin a couple weeks ago. So they, they have a little bit of depth there, but it is definitely being tested this year, Anthony. Yeah, no question about it. But like I said, this is just a leading up to what I think is going to be a very exciting uh, NFL playoffs. Obviously, we're adding the seventh team now. We're going to have so many wild card games. Uh, you know, that opening weekend, all I can say is, is uh, bring on the chaos. <laughs> it's going to make for an exciting week 16 and 17 for sure. Just to see, you know, how well, for one, only having one team with a bye week, how that impacts, you know, if Seattle doesn't have any chance to get into the one seed going into week 17, you know, are they going to be sitting a bunch of players in week 17 against a, uh, against a San Francisco team? And, you know, will that, well, San Francisco and the way things are going in the NFC, is that going to allow them potentially to make it into the playoffs as a seven seed? And gosh, it uh, there's it's it's going to be an interesting couple of weeks. And I think we should get started, Anthony, making our picks and kicking things off 
with the first set of Sunday morning games. Let's start with Miami at home against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, I'll take Miami for 400 here, Alex. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like the Dolphins here to beat the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, this team is completely different without Joe Burrow. And because they don't have Burrow, I just think that Cincinnati now becomes an even weaker team. Uh, I think they kind of have to just gear up for, for the next season, try and improve their draft position, and uh, obviously losses help with that. But I like Miami here. Again, Miami, they're competing for a playoff spot. So this is a win they're going to need to try and keep pace. Uh, within the very competitive AFC uh, because at the same time you look at, you know, obviously Buffalo, you know, doing some good things. Uh, New England's kind of right back in the heat. So you got to make sure you stay ahead of the Patriots. Yeah. And at the same time, you still have two AFC North teams that are likely going to take up wild card spots between the Ravens. Uh, again, if they get everybody healthy and at the same time, the Cleveland Browns as well. So I think Miami wins this one. Yeah, I got Miami too. And the Cleveland Browns are the next one up on my list. And this is going to be an interesting matchup. You know, the way that the Browns have been playing, they're going on the road and they're taking on the Tennessee Titans. And Anthony, I like this one for my upset pick because Tennessee, one of those teams, as soon as you start picking them, they got the win last week. They seem like they were the, the favorite and they're going into this game as the favorite. Denzel Ward doesn't sound like he's going to be able to play this game for the Browns defense, but I, I think I'd like the Browns defense to to get enough stops against Tennessee Cleveland to run the ball and Tennessee loses these games whenever they seem to be the, the overwhelming favorite for whatever reason and they're favored by five and a half points in this game. You know, it's funny. I was going to go automatically with Tennessee on this one just because of the physical running style here and I am going to go with that. Again, I don't believe Miles Garrett's going to be available for this game. Again, Cleveland has done well. But again, you look at it here, and again, not meaning to throw any shade because obviously Seattle has played a tougher part of their schedule uh, where the rest of the NFC West has gotten most of the NFC East teams out of the way. But you look at the AFC North, they've beaten up on the NFC East. NFC West and the AFC North have benefited the most from playing the NFC least this season. So for me, I just this is another game for Cleveland. This is a test. They haven't passed a test yet against a very, very good football team. And so for me, uh, I think Tennessee, I think Derrick Henry are just too much. Detroit at Chicago. Detroit going to be riding with a new head coach, interim head coach, Daryl Bevel, going up against the Chicago Bears interdivisional matchup here. Who you got? I'm going to take the Detroit Lions here uh, because I like the Lions to get the upset. I think with the performance we saw from the Bears this past week, I think the Bears have already packed it in. I think they know uh, the writing's on the wall. I think Matt Nagy knows. I think Ryan Pace knows. They're probably not going to be back uh, next season. I look at Daryl Bevel. He's still going to, he's a guy that's going to be auditioning for jobs. Mm -hmm. uh, again, uh, has a very, very successful record as an offensive coordinator. I know some people are frustrated by his offenses, obviously. Uh, but again, I, I just look at Chicago right now. They're more disarray. I think there'll probably be some new energy within the building, at least to try and get a win for Bevel. Uh, and again, you know, it's always a chance to try and kick on the Chicago Bears. And I think that's what the Detroit Lions do. So I'm taking the Detroit Lions. Yeah, I like the upset by the Lions in this game, too. The Bears favored by three points, but... For all the reasons that you mentioned, also the Lions, they're four and seven, Bears five and six, but the Lions have had the third toughest schedule in the NFL this season. So uh, I know that Chicago defense, it, it could be tough for them, but uh, I'm, I'm going to go Lions as well. Houston, and uh, they're at home against the Indianapolis Colts. Will Fuller, their wide receiver, suspended for PED use, and he's going to be out for uh, a few games, it looks like. Bradley Roby suspended as well. So 
And this is going to be difficult for Deshaun Watson to have some guys to throw to and going up against the Indianapolis Colts. What do you think? Uh, I think this is all Indianapolis here. I think uh, it was great to see Houston kind of get back on track. I know they've done better, obviously, with Romeo Cornell, but Indianapolis has shown to be a physical football team. Defensively, they're strong. Uh, Houston can't run the football at all, so Indianapolis, with their strong run defense, they know they can just sit uh, seven, maybe eight guys back if they need to, if they want to, and just try and sit on on the passing game for Houston. And so I, I like Indianapolis here. I think they're just a more physical football team. They're a playoff caliber football team. They need this win within the division. Yeah, I like Indy in this too. I, I don't underestimate Deshaun Watson, though, because if they're sitting back, you know that could open up uh, him to have a big day running it on the ground. So uh, I think this will be a fun one to watch, but I do think Indianapolis is going to win Minnesota at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. I have the Vikings because the, the Jaguars just aren't very good right now. <laughs> no, the Jaguars, uh, they're not very good. And I, and I like the Vikings to get a win here. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins will bounce back. Um, you know, th- listen, this is just one of those games where if the Vikings want to keep their playoff hopes alive, they need this win. So I like the Vikings as well. As much as I want to take Jacksonville to be the upset pick, I, I just can't. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, only one win on the season. And at least the Vikings have been surging four and one in their last five games. Ten point favorites in this game. I, I think that's going to put them at 500 then, and it's going to it, it's going to put them back in the race. So uh, your Bucks better watch out, Anthony. Well, we got the Vikings after our bye week, and so that's going to be a very big pivotal game. Oh yeah, I, I felt a lot more confident about this game going forward. But again, I, and, and listen, I think this all depends on the status of Delvin Cook. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be available this week. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, if he's not available, I feel a lot more comfortable. But uh, like I said, I think if, if Dalvin Cook plays for the Vikings, yeah. then you know obviously Minnesota becomes that team that it's like okay, well you could you could see them win any game. And you could see them lose any game. So yeah, I believe me. The, the Vikings game for the Bucks that one has uh, that one has big playoff implications on it. Yeah, no injury designation for Cook this week. Only Irv Smith and DJ Wanam out for the Vikings. So looks like he could be healthy. But if I'm the Vikings, I think I just sit Cook against the Jags and uh, go roll with the backup and and try and get Cook healthy in time for this stretch run. So uh, we'll see. I think he's probably going to play, but. Las Vegas Raiders on the road. They're going to take on the winless New York Jets. It, it feels like a good get right time for the Raiders who got just demolished by the Falcons last week. Yeah, I was about to say, who had Atlanta absolutely destroying Las Vegas? I certainly didn't. No, no not uh, I, did, I thought that game would be a lot closer, especially when you think about it. They just played Kansas City short, short-handed, short and more, far more short-handed than they were last week, and then get blown out by Atlanta. I can't quite... Uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around, around that one. But, yeah, I'm going to take uh, Las Vegas here to get rioting the Raiders, uh, get back on track, and and they'll be just fine. They'll keep their position because, again, that, as I mentioned earlier, that AFC, AFC playoff picture is going to be ruthless. Uh, I, I even forgot to mention that the Raiders were involved in that picture as well because the Ravens just lost as well. We'll see if they can get healthy. Right. But, yeah, that AFC wildcard picture is going to get really tight. Yeah, Josh Jacobs, a significant injury. Uh, he's going to be out for this game for the Raiders. So. I, but again, I don't think the Raiders really need to lean on him to beat the Jets from what I've seen from the Jets so far this season. I will be taking the Raiders, New Orleans Saints taking on those Atlanta Falcons. And Anthony, I, I think I like the upset here, too, with the Atlanta Falcons showing what they could do against the Raiders last week. And now Taysom Hill having to face some adversity. 
I think that maybe the Falcons get the win here. And part of this might just be wishful thinking for me, because if the Seahawks are going to get the number one seed, the Saints are going to need to lose and they don't have a whole lot of losable games left on their schedule. I, I, I need Atlanta to win this game. I was about to say the one I feel like the most the, the most likely chance for New Orleans to lose the rest of the way is against Kansas City. Right now, again, that depends on where Kansas City's at at that time uh, as well. But I think that is the one game that you kind of feel like okay, that one feels bankable. That New Orleans is probably going to lose that game. But, I but yeah, one, I mean, we need one more though too. Right, and so I'm I'm going to go with you. I'm upset. I, I want the upset. I want Atlanta not only because I know Tim Bay's kind of out of the uh, uh, divisional race, but I, I want Atlanta to win as well. Um, you know, it's, it's I'm kind of torn between this because we still have two games against Atlanta, and I really don't want to take on a hot Atlanta team to really hurt our playoff chances. So, but I want to see the Saints lose. So, this is kind of like your Rams uh, Bucks Monday Night pick right. from a couple of weeks ago. Um, I guess I won't be disappointed whoever loses either way. Um, but I do want to kind of see the Atlanta Falcons take down the Saints, give them another loss because I just don't I don't think Taysom Hill and I just I. Just don't trust the Saints. Well, Anthony, that takes us through the early games for the NFL. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We will hit the afternoon games on Sunday, as well as a couple of Monday night games and even a Tuesday game. So we'll talk about those coming up next. Anthony Knockreiner joining me to do our week 13 picks. I'm normally going on his show, the Knock on Sports. But uh, with Anthony on vacation, we're, we're doing it a little bit differently. And we're getting into the afternoon games, starting with an NFC West matchup between the L.A. Rams and the Arizona Cardinals. Ah, let's see. This is one where it's kind of tough because I feel like this is the Saints Falcons all over again. Right. I need the Rams to lose to help Tampa Bay get into uh, the number five seed to take on an NFC East team in the wild card. So, with that being said, and because obviously the Cardinals are also chasing the Tampa Buccaneers, I'm going to take the Cardinals here. I need the Rams to lose again, and so uh, I'm going to take the Cardinals to win this one um, just because of where I need the Bucks to get to. Uh, but I also think, you know, here's the deal. I think at Arizona can definitely put points on the board against that defense. Uh, Jared Goff has shown to get turnovers. The question will be, can this Arizona Cardinals defense get enough pressure to force some mistakes? But it's going to take quite a bit. Again, I think, you know, L.A., they, they don't lose back-to-back games too often. Um, I think Sean McVay is going to try and get them right as well. They're pretty embarrassed, I'm sure, by losing to the 49ers in, you know, as they try to continue to try and push their playoffs hopes. Um, so I think Arizona gets it done, but it's going to be tight. Yeah, statistically, these two teams relatively evenly matched. Uh, the Cardinals tend to score more points per game, uh, but the, the Rams defense about four points better on defense and and the Cardinals have been about four points better on offense. So this will this will be an interesting game. And I'm kind of with you. I, I think Arizona winning would be better overall, which is why it has me leaning toward the idea of the Rams bouncing back, getting the win. And it uh, just I, I just think that that would be worse for the Seahawks. So that's probably what's going to be what happens. And so that I'm just I'm predicting that, yes, the worst for the Seahawks in terms of outcome for this game. Next up, it is the Seahawks. They're at home taking on the New York Giants. We, we've talked a little bit about this game. Colt McCoy going to be likely getting the start, although, you know, it's uh, Daniel Jones not completely ruled out, listed as doubtful. Colt McCoy, I, I just have to expect if he's getting the start, it's they really need a healthy Jones. Even So even if Jones ends up being able to play, 
you have to think his hamstring isn't going to give him that mobility that they really get that boost from him being in the backfield. The Seahawks favored by 11 points in this game. Listen, the Giants have not shown that they can play winning football this season, and that was with Daniel Jones. And so Colt McCoy, again, as you talked about, the Seahawks defense has been playing better. Question will be, can the Seahawks defense put even more pressure on uh, Colt McCoy here? Um, But again, I like the Seahawks. Again, this is an offense that can move the football. I think the question for me is, is what manner do the Seahawks win this football game? Can they win this in a in a blowout? Can they build a lead of two touchdowns, three touchdowns against this New York Giants uh, defense? Because, again, if there is a bright spot for this Giants football team, it is their defense. They have played well this mm-hmm. season. They have made offenses uh, struggle this year. So, for me, I like the Seattle Seahawks to win. But, again, is this going to be another close one? Is this, Are they going to be able to get a bigger margin than, say, the one that they got Monday night against the Eagles? Yeah, I think it is possible that this game gets close and it may be an ugly-looking performance on offense if Tyler Lockett still isn't completely healthy. You know, Carlos Dunlap, fortunately, it, it looks like he's questionable for the game, so he could come back. It doesn't look like Chris Carson has an injury designation in this game, so that's a positive. Carlos Hyde, on the other hand, is questionable with a toe injury. Travis Homer out. So I don't even know if I want Chris Carson running the ball a whole lot after his injury that he's trying to come back from. I, I want Carson healthy for the playoffs. So it's a question to me of of how of how they're able to to finish off this Giants team. If it's close, yeah, maybe it will be. But, uh, you know, we're, we're picking wins here. We're not we're not picking spreads. So <laughs> obviously going with Seattle. <laughs> New England at the Los Angeles Chargers, Anthony. This is a tough one to pick. This is, and it's uh, a, it's a pick them uh, by the odds makers as well. So they couldn't even give us a, a, an idea of who the favorite is in this game. Who do you who do you trust here? Do you trust Cam Newton and the Patriots to find a way? Even though the Chargers have found numerous ways to lose this season, do they do the Chargers find a way to win here? <sighs> this is a tough one, and I'm I'm going to go with New England. I think New England wins this football game. Uh, I, I think they do just enough again defensively. I think that you are able to frustrate a rookie quarterback in Justin Herbert. Again, ton of talent, um, but I think they, this is going to be a close game. I, but I just think that Cam Newton and the New England Patriots will find a way to win this football game, and they'll put themselves back in the playoff picture uh, as well. So I just think that the Chargers will once again. I, I just I don't have enough faith in the Chargers not to charger. So I'm going to take the Patriots. Yeah, Bill Belichick going up against a rookie quarterback, that seems like. Uh, but also, New England, away from uh, you know their home stadium, they're only 1-4 on the season. So this could be one of those games where they end up losing, going down to L.A. against the Chargers. But uh, yeah, the Chargers only 1-4 in their last five games. So yeah, I think if I had to pick one to, to favor just a little bit, it's going to be New England. I'm going with them, too. Philadelphia Eagles, they go on the road to the Green Bay Packers, and we saw what Philly did last week against the Seahawks. Have to think it's going to be more of the same in Lambeau. I'm taking Green Bay by 14 through Brandon (laughs) at the least. I think Aaron Rodgers is just going to tune up this defense for the Eagles. Unfortunately for Carson Wentz, I think he'll able to be he'll be able to put some points on the board in that that defense. I think that Philly will have a lot easier time running on the Green Bay defense, and that was something that they weren't able to do against Seattle. So I could see them making a game of it that way if they are able to run the football, which something it's something that Green Bay has struggled with. 
It is, but can you be more physical? We just, I mean, I just can't say that Philadelphia has been a physical football team this season. And at the same time, too, yeah, I mean, Green Bay is going to probably be prepared to try and stuff the run because everyone's been uh, doing it to them. Uh, But at the same time, can you provide enough protection for Carson Wentz to even throw the football? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, listen, Green Bay is going to win this football game. There's no question about it. It's just a question of how many points they're going to try and keep pace with New Orleans because they want to try and keep uh, the NFC playoffs going through uh, Green Bay. And so uh, I just don't see an NFC East team like the Philadelphia Eagles beating the Packers here. So I think it's just a matter of how many points and I'm going to take 14. I will take uh, eight points. So I think it's going to be a little bit closer, but I do like the Packers to win as well. Kansas City against the Denver Broncos. I, I think they're going to be at least getting a quarterback or two back for this game. So so that should help out the Broncos, but probably not enough to beat the Chiefs. I'm going with Kansas City. Yeah, that probably helps out about as much as, uh, you know, an ant trying to lift up a, a couple of bricks for you. Because, yeah, Kansas City is going to snowball this one. If if Denver was fully healthy and maybe if Drew Locke was starting, and even though even if he was, who knows he would, if he wouldn't turn the ball over again like he did the first time. Um, Kansas City's just too good right now. Um, again, you do have to wonder about the second half defense last week. Obviously, against Sam Bay, they were able to get back in that game. Kansas City was not able to finish some drives, which was kind of weird to see uh, towards the end. Um, so, uh, but still, I like Denver here. I think they're going to get the job. Or, I'm sorry, I like Kansas City here to get the job done. Not Denver. My bad. No, no, you're locked in now. I locked you into Denver, Anthony. <laughs> Yeah, um, crap. So I guess that's a loss. Uh, I have to make that up somewhere. Uh, no, but <laughs> I'll take Kansas City here to win, and I think they win by 17. All right, I'll let you slide on that one. Pittsburgh moving to Monday night. That Kansas City-Denver game is going to be the Sunday night game, and we have an early Monday night football game, and it's going to be the Washington football team going on the road against the Pittsburgh Steelers, who are just coming off of the Wednesday game against the Ravens. So they do get uh, kind of it's kind of weird how the schedule has worked out for Pittsburgh. It's kind of similar to, I guess, when you have the uh, the the Sunday, Sunday, Thursday game, you know, a kind of a compressed schedule with three games. And, and you do hear some of the Steelers players chirping about that a little bit. You have to wonder if that's going to be enough to get in their head against, you know, a pretty good team defensively with the football team. I don't know if I see this being Pittsburgh's first loss. So I, I think I have to go ahead and take the Steelers. The Steelers have not played well, so I'm going to take the Washington football team for the upset here. I I actually think the Washington football team might be the representative out of the NFC East for the playoffs with Alex Smith at quarterback. So I'm going to take the Washington football team to deliver that first loss because Pittsburgh has been flirting with it all year long. They went, you go back to the Dallas game. They have not played great football here in the month of November. Right. And so I'm going to take the Washington football team short rest for this Pittsburgh Steelers team. I think Washington will be able to get the win, and then I'm sure Pittsburgh will probably just say, well, we only had so many days, it was an odd week, and all that good stuff that goes with it. See, if the football team wins this game, though, they could actually win the division with seven wins rather than six because, you know, after the Steelers, they they go on the road to the 49ers, uh, they play the Seahawks, but they finish with the Panthers and Eagles, and I think those are winnable games. I think this three-game stretch is going to be tough for them having to go on the road at Steelers at 49ers and then facing the Seahawks. But, uh, you know, if they can come out of this stretch, shoot, they, they may even, you know, pick up a couple, pick up the Steelers game. Maybe your favorite against the Niners and maybe you're an eight win team in this division. That'd be wild. It would be. I mean, I, I'm still not so sure that they, 
I I think they win the division simply because the rest of the NFC East teams will lose it. Yeah. Um, because I think Washington's playing the best football right now. I, I mean, do, that, yeah. that pass rush, the running game, Alex Smith, you can trust a quarterback for the most part. I, I think right now of all the NFC East teams, they seem to be the most trustworthy. And like I said, I, I, the only reason I'd say upset here is simply because Pittsburgh, short rest, they didn't look good against a very hobbled um, Baltimore football team. Right. And so I, I just like Washington. Yeah, that was a, a little surprising that uh, they the lead there that they had, you know, that was that game was so close and it shouldn't have been. But uh, they're probably due. And I just I can't pick it, Anthony, but um, I'm, I'm happy to take the Steelers in this one. Buffalo. At San Francisco, Buffalo going on the road. Although, I guess, is this game going to be down in Arizona now because of uh, of what's been happening with the San Francisco home stadium? So I, I think I like Buffalo in this game regardless. But yeah, San Fran just having to deal with some interesting stuff this year. Although, I, I guess you could say the same thing about Pittsburgh. But do you think that because this is being played in Arizona that Buffalo gets bitten again because we know what happened last time <laughs> Buffalo went down to Arizona. Yeah, that's right. Oh, well, maybe, maybe uh, there's something about that stadium. I don't know. I mean, well, I, I like, I do like Buffalo here again, Josh Allen, mobile quarterback. Um, I don't think he'll make the mistakes that Goff did. Um, you know, and I think this Buffalo team is kind of feeling themselves as well. Again, defensively, they're probably not playing as well as they'd like to obviously, but again, this offense, the way it's humming right now, I just really like Buffalo here. Uh, so I'm going to take the Bills to, to beat the 49ers. Again, big win for the 49ers last week. Uh, great stuff by you know Kyle Shanahan, again, against a team that they see a lot of. Uh, but again, again th- against this football team, I just think Josh Allen pr- pr- just gives them too many problems. Yeah, a little surprising that the 49ers favored by a point in this game. So, huh, interesting. Yep, I, that I got that point must be coming from DeAndre Hopkins and the Cardinals <laughs> because this is going to be played in Arizona. <laughs> right. Yeah. Closing this off with the Tuesday game, Baltimore getting an extra day after coming off the Wednesday game, and they're taking on the Dallas Cowboys. This is going to be in Baltimore. The Ravens favored by seven and a half points against another a bad NFC East team, and I I have to go with the I, I have to go with the Ravens here, Anthony. Yeah, you can't trust the Cowboys. I mean, does RG three start? Does Lamar start? It sounds like Lamar should. But that's the biggest question. How many guys are they going to get back? Um, so for me, I'm going to go with Baltimore either way. I still think they can get the job done. I just don't trust Dallas at this point. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go with you. I like the Baltimore Ravens to get the win. And uh, I think they kind of start correcting the ship here as they get ready for the playoffs. Yeah, uh, six and five. And then they'll be seven and five going into this last stretch of games. It just it's going to be interesting to see how this all it's going to make for an exciting final few weeks to the season, Anthony. I'm And I'm excited for it. I am too. I mean, the, listen, the seventh wild card that, that increases more teams' uh, possibilities. Uh, now you've got more games uh, as we get ready here to kind of figure this all out. We're going to start seeing that separation. Uh, so, like I said, this is really exciting. I'm I'm happy that Tampa Bay has a bye week, so I'm glad we didn't have to pick a Bucks game this week. I don't have to lose another one. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think this is going to make for some exciting stuff. And you know, it's funny. I mean, obviously, I know we still have quite a few weeks left, but here's the thing, Brandon: if the playoffs were to start today. It would be Tampa Bay going up to Seattle. It's a, it's unfortunate that uh, we won't be able to go to this one. I know. I, I still haven't seen the goat in person. I was really hoping to. You know, I bet he'll be back next year, though. I don't know. The question will be, will Bruce Arians be back? <laughs> oh, that's... Yeah, that, you know what? <laughs> now you're talking. 
(laughs) (laughs) Yes, frustration about. But then, of course, you know, it's always kind of funny, though. Brandon, I got to give you this a ton of credit because you told me this when the Bucks hired Bruce Arians because obviously the Seahawks had so much uh, rapport with him. Uh-huh. But yeah, he absolutely does. He throws every player, he throws everybody under the bus. You never really hear him take blame. No, no, you won't. For as long as he's been in the league now, I don't think we can expect him to change. So uh, you just are going to have to live with it as a, a fan of the team. Although, you know, I have to say, I know I planted that seed in your mind early on. I, I wonder, do you have a sense of the general feeling among Bucks fans of how they feel about Arians? I think there's a lot of frustration because you look at this team. I mean, we haven't played well against good football teams outside of the Green Bay Packer game, which feels like forever ago. Yeah. The Saints, they get whooped. The Rams made too many mistakes. Kansas City, they got far, they got down too much too early. And what's just up with the inconsistency of this offense? And at the same time, the play calling has been a big question. Yeah. When you look at third down and two, and you have a statue quarterback against Kansas City's defense, who likes to blitz, by the way, <laughs> against a very statuesque quarterback, why are you going empty backfield on third and two? Yeah. At least give them the idea that we could possibly run the football. Because that's the thing. It just feels like a lot of people are figuring out this air, this offense. Because if you go shotgun and you try and go five wide, we're going deep. Mm-hmm. We got to be able to run the football more. We have to show more balance. And listen, I know we have all these weapons, and I know they weren't trying to get the ball to Antonio Brown, but we can't force it. And that's the general sense among Bunks fans. It feels like everything that this offense is trying to do is being forced, and so it's just not working well. And you know, we've kind of seen with teams that are trying to force things, it doesn't end up well for them. One and three since Antonio Brown came to the team. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to keep him much longer. I, I mean, I don't know. He hasn't really contributed much. I mean, if Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones can show they can catch the football more consistently, then maybe I feel more confident that uh, we don't have to keep Antonio Brown. But at this point, I just don't. Get the ball to Mike Evans. Get the ball to Chris Godwin. Get it to Gronk when he's open. Get it to Braid. And let's just start there. Let's not even worry about trying to get the football to Antonio Brown because so far nothing good has happened when getting the football to Antonio Brown. Well, you know, Anthony, Bruce Arians might be one of the guys I just don't want to see coming up to Seattle for the first week of the playoffs, because for whatever reason, he's always found a way to get these crazy wins in Seattle. So that might be the one team I don't want to see right now. So uh, we we got plenty of time to see how it works out. Anthony, I really appreciate you coming on, making picks. I, I think you're going to be back in studio this next week. So kind of our, our normal, uh, we'll, we'll be back to normal next week. We should be absolutely. I'll be back next week uh, and uh, we'll be rocking and rolling on Thursday night once again. Glad we could get in picks while you're on vacation, Anthony. Really appreciate you coming on. And we will be back talking about the recap from this game, the Seahawks and the Giants right here. So stay tuned for that. And until then, go Hawks.